Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Leadership Biz Cafe podcast. I'm your host, Tanvi Nasir, CEO of Tanvi Nasir Leadership, our leadership firm that now offers both virtual and in-person leadership talks and workshops on a variety of leadership topics. To learn more about our services and how we can help, visit our company's website at tanvinasir.com. There's no question many of us are dealing with a lot of uncertainty in both the short-term and long-term, and with it, various setbacks in our goals and plans for this year. In this installment of Leadership Espresso Shot, I want to examine one critical aspect of managing setbacks that most leaders tend to overlook. So let's start up the espresso machine and brew up another Leadership Espresso Shot. One of the constants of being a leader is knowing how to manage setbacks, which is something many of us are certainly grappling with as a result of the current global pandemic. Of course, the typical response to any kind of setback is to assess both what went wrong to ensure it doesn't happen again, as well as the most expedient route that will allow us to resolve it and get back on track. And yet, what's become clear thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic is how there's another element to managing setbacks that leaders need to be more aware of, and that is managing the emotional context around a given setback. To help illustrate what I mean, I'd like to share a personal story of something that happened to my wife and I a few years ago. So, like most married couples, my wife and I set time aside to go out on date nights, much like we used to do before we became parents. On one of these date nights, my wife and I were driving back from one of our favorite restaurants, and just as we turned onto the access ramp for the highway, the car dashboard suddenly went dark, the gas pedal stopped responding, and our car was just rolling on its own momentum. I guided the car onto the side of the ramp and then tried to restart the car. After several tries to restart our car, it became clear to my wife and I that it wasn't going to work and we'd have to call for a tow truck. Now, given how we decided to go to one of these local restaurants we like that's further out from where we live and where our local garage is, we knew this was going to be a pricey towing charge. When my wife called for the tow truck, she was told that given how it was late at night on a weekday, it was going to take some time to get a truck out to our location. After that call, my wife and I were basically left sitting in our car, filling up with dread and fear over how much all of this was going to cost us. All of the fun and enjoyment we'd had on our date night was fast evaporating thanks to this unexpected financial stress and worry. But then something curious happened. As we sat in our car waiting for the tow truck to arrive, the first few cars that turned onto the access ramp slowed down and the people inside rolled down their windows to ask if we were okay and if we needed any help. In each case, we let the other drivers know that a tow truck was on the way and how we appreciated their assistance. As the night went on and we continued to wait for that tow truck, more and more people were stopping to inquire if we were okay and if we needed to call someone for help. And something unexpected started to happen. The mood my wife and I were in started to change from dour and irritable to one of appreciation and reassurance. In fact, My wife and I even started joking with drivers who stopped to check in on us that we had decided to cap off our date night by hanging out on the highway on-ramp and basking under the highway street lamps. Eventually, a police cruiser came by, and the police officer got out to make sure we were safe and added some flares around our car to make sure the other drivers steered clear of us. 
The officer even stayed with us for a good couple of minutes to make sure we were comfortable being alone along this stretch of road before he continued off on his patrol. By the time the tow truck arrived, our mood had noticeably shifted from one of stress and anxiety to reassurance that we'd get through it and that our car would be repaired and made as good as before. In the end, the problem turned out to be a minor electrical issue that only took a day to repair, though it was still an unwanted expense that we had to contend with. Now, while my wife and I understandably wish we hadn't ended our date night that way, the interesting thing is that every time either of us shares this story with family and friends, the focus wasn't on this unexpected car repair we had to pay for. Instead, we talk about how good it felt to see so many complete strangers going about their lives who took the time to check in on us to see if we were okay and if there was anything they could do. In other words, this event changed from this terrible thing that happened to us to a feel-good story about experiencing the kindness of strangers and how we can still experience that general goodness of people. And I share this story in some of my leadership keynotes and workshops to illustrate how our emotions can alter and transform our perceptions of whether an event is positive or negative, and consequently, how what we see and experience is far more malleable than we might think. And there's been several studies that have been done that back this idea up. In fact, a number of psychology studies have shown that it takes three positive events for us to overcome the effects of a single negative event, and this is due to our brain's bias for survival. In other words, our brain is more likely to hold on to the impact of a negative event than a positive one in order to remind us of what we need to avoid. Naturally, when we read about such studies, it's easy to draw the conclusion that if we don't have three good things happening to us during our day, we won't be able to compensate for that one bad moment. And this is certainly reflective of what most of us experience at work, where one bad encounter, one piece of negative feedback sends us into a tailspin of doubt and uncertainty. But let's consider this story I just shared. On the surface, this should certainly fall into the negative column, as we all know how expensive car repairs can be, not to mention the fact that this happened at the end of my date night with my wife. And yet, notice how my focusing more on the kindness demonstrated by others, on those drivers who took the time to make sure we were okay, transformed this story and experience into a positive one. Granted, these displays of kindness and concern from strangers didn't impact the car repair bill we had to pay, but what their actions did do was make it less painful for my wife and myself, that it wasn't all bad, and consequently helped transform what would have been a negative event into one that helped us better manage the setback and become a positive experience we could share with others. In terms of leadership, we all understand that one of our responsibilities is to model the behavior that we want to see in those we lead. But what we should also do is help our employees to reframe those setbacks as opportunities where we can learn something, whether it's about how our processes really work and what we can do to improve them, or how their inner strengths can help them to press ahead. We can serve as an example of how our emotions don't have to weigh us down with fear, regret, and concern but can lift us up to see the potential around us. And we can use these moments to remind our employees that they're not facing these difficulties alone because we care about them succeeding in their efforts. 
And the truth is, both our outlook on things and the choices we make in response to what's going on around us is impacted and influenced by our emotional state. It impacts what we notice and pay attention to, and consequently, how we react and respond. There's a reason why the rallying cries Winston Churchill used during World War II rise to prominence when we face setbacks to what we're trying to accomplish. We need something that resonates with us emotionally to overcome our feelings of doubt and fear that inevitably surface when we're pushed off course. Granted, no one likes to experience setbacks of any kind, and certainly my wife and I would have gladly gone without having to pay that repair to our car. However, by shifting what emotions are evoked from a challenging or difficult moment, by shifting what behaviors we use to respond to those events, we can encourage our employees and ourselves to not simply view them as setbacks, but as opportunities for improvement and learning. And the interesting thing about why I still remember and share this story through my leadership talks and training sessions is because I still remember how it felt to have my emotional state pivot from one of concern and worry about what was wrong with our car and how much were the repairs going to cost, to hopeful optimism and reassurance about the goodness of people and the care and concern they demonstrated to us, that we weren't alone and that others were willing to look out for us to make sure we would be okay. Now, this isn't about being Pollyannish in our leadership or wearing rose-colored glasses. On the contrary, this is about appreciating the idea of how our life isn't defined by what happens to us. It's defined by how we choose to respond to those events and what we learn from them going forward. It's about becoming more aware of how our emotions not only impact how we approach those interactions we have with those we lead, but also how we experience those moments. While leaders need to be able to step up and manage difficult and challenging situations, we must not forget to serve as an example to those under our care of how to fully embrace these moments, not just its negative aspects, but the positive ones by pointing out the insights and lessons we can learn before moving on. So while many of us are still grappling with both uncertainty for what's to come and the setbacks we're currently faced with, I want to encourage you to make time to assess the emotional context you're creating around these two realities of dealing with both the present and what's to come in the near future, and recognize how powerful our emotions can be in shaping our sense of reality, and of how we can use that force to create the kind of momentum we need to keep going, even after we fall down. And that brings us to the end of another cup of Leadership Espresso Shot. And that's a wrap on this episode of Leadership Biz Cafe, brought to you by Tavernier Leadership. As I mentioned during this show, most of us are grappling with both setbacks and uncertainty. And if you're looking for more insights on how to improve your leadership going forward, I invite you to check out our company's website at tavernier.com to see how we can help, both through virtual and in-person leadership workshops and facilitations. In the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd appreciate it if you could support this show by sharing this episode with your colleagues and employees. The easiest way to do this is to simply share with them a link to our podcast page at tavernasir.com slash LBC. There you can find links to subscribe to our show on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, 
and Google Podcasts. You can also listen to every episode of our show right there on our podcast page. And with that, I'm Tammy Desir, and you've been listening to Leadership Biz Cafe. Leadership Biz Cafe.